Welcome to a gorgeous, totally unused, pristine Gulf Coast weather weekend. Well, you hear the Coastal Marine forecast. Got that coming up in a minute. Now, we do have some big events this weekend, so if you have no plans, you might want to attend some of these events that are coming up. we got the Lake Catherine Clean Sweep that's taking place today. Get started at 10 a.m. till noon. They're asking volunteers to meet at the Fort Pike Volunteer Fire Department on Chef Highway. Uh, bring work gloves, uh, clothes, toes, shoes, water bottles, other supplies will be provided and help clean up the Lake St. Catherine area. Also, I uh, started this uh, on the 2nd, which was a couple of days ago, the uh, Derek Poor and his group, the Troops and Tusk Feral Hog Tournament. They've got the weigh-in at St. Mary's Seafood today. The awards presentation will be tomorrow at Don's Boat Landing in Erath. Uh, they'll be presenting the awards in a couple of categories. Folks have been out there at night in airboats with dogs trying to take out some of those feral hogs. So congratulations and good luck to all of those competing in the final day. Also, an event that started yesterday up in Baton Rouge at the Hilton Inn, that was the CCA's 40-year annual convention. And they presented some Hall of Fame inductions to Sam Barbera, Kirk Levine, Snoop Roth, John and Carolyn Walther, Phil Witter, and others. It wraps up tonight. They'll be going to the LSU baseball game. Got a bourbon and wine tasting, sporting clay shoot, and the ever-popular chapter cook-off. All that's going on at the CCA 2023 40th Anniversary Convention. Uh, got the St. Tammany Home Show, home and remodeling show going on at the Castine Center in Mandeville today and tomorrow from 10 to 5. If you're going, stop by and see our friend Uncle Larry. He's got some of those stew and a few and ready, set, gumbo samples for you to try. All right, well, we had a Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting this week, and I was in attendance. Three big topics coming out of that. Uh, we'll have a speckled trout update for you. We've also got some news on a redfish survey. That's going to be the next fish we haggle over how to change the regulations. And if you are a Louisiana wild turkey season, while you weren't looking, you lost five days of peak gobbling season in next year's season setting. We'll tell you all about that. Plus, we've got a couple of special guests going to be joining us. First, we'll have Robbie Bowers of Bayou Outdoors. Uh, he helped us with a Bayou Wild TV episode, making possible a, a young, debilitated 7-year-old bag his first deer at the Island Hunting Club. Then uh, Hunting for the Hungry uh, director, Julie Grunwald, she's going to join us to explain how you can help reduce feral hogs and at the same time help feed the hungry at no cost to you. Got a couple of road shows later this month. We want to let you know when and where we'll be doing that. We'd love for the listeners to come out and enjoy some free food, register for prizes, take advantage of special event pricing, and uh, get a chance to meet some of our listeners. I'll tell you where and when those will be. And we'll close it out with a case of yet another bogus fishing guide busted in Louisiana by Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement Agent, who this week was presented with the Captain Tofield Bourgeois Memorial Award. His name is Corporal Blaine Wagner, and we'll tell you his story. Taking a look at that coastal marine forecast, if you're lucky enough to be headed out, we're looking offshore at northeast winds 5 to 10, about a 3 to 5 foot sea. They'll be combing down a little bit later on. Uh, on the inside waters, north wind 5 to 10 with a light chop and almost a full foot tide range. Beautiful conditions. No rain in the forecast. Mississippi River continues to climb, but not anything very hazardous. 10.5 and on the rise. So if you're headed out today, you got a gorgeous weekend to get out there 
and make uh, the outdoors part of your weekend. Again, we got all those events to talk about. Fishing reports coming your way. Captain Eric Mohabarak, he was up in Toledo Bend, which is a real hot spot right now. Jeff Brule's going to talk more about that. And Jeff and I were on a fishing trip with Captain Clyde Foltz of uh, the Crappie Psychic. We'll tell you all how that went. All that's coming up in the next two hours right here on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Hi, I'm PJ Vote here to tell you about my podcast called Search Engine, voted one of the best new podcasts by Time Magazine, Vogue, and The Economist. We answer fascinating questions about business, tech, and history. Questions like, who should be in charge of artificial intelligence? Or how did ADHD medication get so popular so fast? Listen and follow Search Engine with PJ Vote and Odyssey Podcast. Available now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, on this best of the year Saturday morning conditions, let's head to Shell Beach and talk to Robbie Campbell. And Robbie, like you always say, if today is your day, well, they're lucky if today is their day. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> well, you know, Don, this week, uh, this past week wasn't too bad. Um, I got to go fishing Wednesday with Captain Jonathan Sanchez. Uh, we went out. Uh, we started at the Long Rocks. Uh, we picked up a couple at the Long Rocks, and then we went out to. Uh, we headed out to the central uh, field out there, and we we went and caught some bull reds and some sheephead and some drums, and and we worked our way back into the Long Rocks, and we uh, finished up at the Long Rocks on uh, that Wednesday evening. Um, and then headed on in. But I tell you, Don, you know, uh, there was a lot of river water out there. Um, we had hard south winds all uh, week. Um, yesterday, you know, it was brutal with the, with, you know, we had probably 25 mile an hour south winds here yesterday. Um, and they said, oh, it's going to calm down. And it did calm down yesterday, and tomorrow's going to be beautiful. Well, they show up to work this morning. We have, we have uh, a wind that's north, north. It's got a little bit of west to it, not a whole lot, but it's more north than anything. And it's blowing at 13 and gusting to 15 knots this morning. So um, it, you go from one extreme to the other. Uh, hope, hopefully it calms down a little bit. I think your ticket today to find some fish is you're going to have to find some clean water. And I think the only place that you're going to find some clean water today is up in that interior marsh and then behind that dam at Hopedale. Yeah, and I and I do think that you could still save the day and catch some fish back there without a doubt. Um, I, we've been getting a lot of calls about live bait. We do not have any live bait yet. Um, there's only very few places that have live bait. I think Sweetwater Marina had some. Bait Incorporated had some live bait. And so did Mr. Eddie Pinto's on uh, Paris Road. They also had live bait. So um, if you're looking for live bait, I know I know those three places had them. You have to make phone calls to find out uh, people if you're coming down to fish live and you want to fish live bait today. So um, <clears throat> we do not have any yet, but we're getting ready to go make a test run and go see. Um, I, I don't I don't have high hopes for that, Don. It's still you know it's still really early. Um, I don't think they're going to have any shrimp out there on this side of the river yet, you know, on our side. Hopefully they do have some, but, um, you know, with the south wind that we had all week, we might catch some. I don't know. You know, we've got to go see and find out. So we're going to do that this coming week and go take a run and, and find out, and, you know, if we got them. And if we do catch them, we'll put it on Facebook. 
Good deal. Yeah, a lot of people are looking for it. You know, Robbie, this could be one of those days. I mean, you know, we just got out of February, early March. And, you know, we get a lot of fronts and a lot of winds in March. But just as far as being out there, the conditions, it's going to warm up a little bit uh, later on in the day, and I'm sure that wind's going to lay down and clear blue skies. Just a pleasure to be out there. And if you can put a few of those, like you did, a mixed catch of some drums and reds and sheephead, maybe a trout or two, and what a great day. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Don, um, one thing I will tell you is make sure you have some spray for gnats because the gnats are terrible. I mean, <laughs> look, this wind calms down just a little bit. Wow, oh, my God. They, they they came out. They were so bad yesterday eating, you couldn't stand them around here. So keep that in mind. And uh, the newest addition to our place down here is we have a food trailer on a lot. It's Tiwi's on the bayou. And um, uh, Mr. Dale Belsom has opened up this uh, place down here. And um, he's got really good food. And it's a, it's an added addition to our uh, many other things that we got going on around here, Don. So stop and check them out, and you can get your uh, uh, breakfast biscuit, or you can get lunch, or, uh, and they stay open at eight o'clock. You can even get dinner. So um, come on down here, and if, you, and if you're hungry, check them out. Sounds good, Robbie. Thanks so much for the report. Y'all enjoy this weather where we got it, and we'll catch up with you next week. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. Bye bye. All righty, Robbie Campo down at Shell Beach, and uh, you can give him a call down there and check on that live bait from day to day. All right, uh, those of you <clears throat> who uh, are concerned about our redfish in the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, uh, we're kind of in the same situation where we were four years ago with the speckled trout, uh, which, by the way, I'm going to talk a lot more about that right after the break. But on redfish, there is a survey. The department has released an online web survey to gather your input on redfish management options they're conducting a survey in fact they've already sent 10,000 out you may have gotten one I got one on my email they're asking you to comment on your preferences as far as redfish management the you know, public input is very important yes they do what's best for the resource but also they try to do it at the same time with the majority of the fishermen are in favor of it if you want your voice heard that's the way to do it go to their website which is wlf.la gov or simply do a Google search of LDWF or Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries and look for the Red Drum Management Options Survey. Uh, if you don't have a computer or an iPhone and you want to do it by telephone, uh, text me at 504-260-1870 and I'll be glad to pass the phone number along where you can call and get more access to that survey. Again, our text line's open, by the way, if you got a question, comment, your fishing reports, it's all welcome each and every Saturday morning while we're on the air. We cannot accept photographs. It doesn't work that way, but uh, you can do that on my website at dontheoutdoorsguy.com. But if you'd like to text us while we're on the air this morning, your opinion, your comments, your questions, 504 260 We'll be back right after this three-minute pause. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And it's time for Jeff Brewer with our bass and freshwater fishing report brought to you by Pure Fishing's new Slammer 4 spinning reel made by Penn. It's the ultimate workhorse reel taken to a new level. It's got improvements to the Dura-Drag system, smoother 8-plus-1 bearings, and a line roller that's better sealed to repel that salt water. Check it out. It's the Slammer 4 by Penn, a product of Pure Fishing. Good morning, Jeff. Uh, let's uh, we're going to talk about our trip this week, but let's talk about Toledo Bend because that seems to be the hot spot. Boy, a lot of big fish coming in up there. 
Yeah, the warm weather just pushed a big wave of spawners shallow, and lots of big bass are being caught. Uh, weightless soft plastic, jerk baits, uh, Texas rigs, that's just some of the ways you can catch them. Uh, you should just kind of target some of the docks, cypress trees, and other kind of wood cover because kind of seems to be the key to the better fish. And But in about two to six foot of water. And last week there have been over 10, 10-pound 10 bass weighed in at the Lunker program, and that includes a 14-pound monster. And then we got to pull moon next week, and that just everything's setting up to be a really good uh, week next week. Jeff, do you think we'd have ever reached those kind of weights had we not put the Florida bass in there to create a hybrid? No, no. Those Floridas get so much bigger than our local fish. Uh, you know, you see some of these guys watch these videos of these South Louisiana South Louisiana anglers fishing for bass and talking about, oh, that's a big bass. You know, somebody will you know, send them a message saying that's not a big bass. Uh, they just don't understand that down here in the marshes, those fish don't really get more than about four or five pounds. Jeff, I had a tournament on the Chifuncta. How'd that go this week? Uh, they had one of those Wednesday evening. 13 pounds was a winning weight by Coach Pye. And at Lacombe, they had a bass assassin that Jared Norris had nine pounds stringer for the win. And our rivers and bayous, they're just tough places to fish. You know, it's real tide dependent, uh, water level dependent. But they do hold some pretty decent fish. And I'm fin fishing, perch fishing, and I'm seeing some shallow fish, you know, pushing and stuff like that. So, the, again, next week ought to be a really good week for the Chipunk and the local rivers. Well, now it's time to talk about white perch, sockeye, crappie, whatever you want to call them. Very popular species this time of the year because they're in the spawn. Uh, tell us first about your trips locally at the river on the Chipunkta close to your home, and then we'll talk about that trip on the West Bank we had with the crappie psychic. Yeah, on the Chifuncta, it's still pretty tough. The fish are really, really scattered. I, I managed about a dozen the other day, keepers, and I you know, caught a few small ones to mix in. But it seemed like they, on that five to eight foot section of the water off the drop off, so you, I just go along, you catch one here, one there. So they really hadn't ganged up and went into a full spawn mode, which, again, I think next week's going to be the week that they do that. And that's usually the typical time for the North Shore rivers to get the, a good bite. Uh, but, you know, 90% of the water, uh, fish are in about 10% of the water, and that's how I'm kind of catching them. You know, real pattern, you, you might catch one by a cypress tree. Next one might be by a bush or just an open bank. But I'm just using a 132nd-ounce jig tip with a crappie nibble and just basically letting the bait kind of fall and pulling it along. You know, Again, I think next week's going to be the week where we start catching them pretty good. Well, we also had a trip over in the Desalmans area with the crappie psychic, Captain Clyde Foltz and his buddy Captain Mike and Mr. Jimmy. You know, I learned two things on that trip, Jeff. Number one, I do not enjoy being a cameraman near as much as being a host of the TV program by you wild. And also, I like crappie chowder. Yeah, that crappie chowder was real good for breakfast. I'd never had that, um, but it was delicious. I was really surprised. I just another way to prepare the fish. It's a good eating fish, probably one of the best in the Louisiana area. Uh, but then the, we went out, and then there's a little different style of fishing just because of the the structure of the water, the cover. Uh, they basically have shallow, shallow marsh areas, and they fish with a cork, with a jig, and uh, just kind of pop it along and, you know, wait for the bite. He, he tips everything with his crappie psychic uh, lures and stuff, and 
we really did pretty good while you were working on getting the camera working. Uh, we caught uh, probably about a dozen the first trip around one of the pockets. And then, you know, then we did pretty good. But basically about 18 inches under a cork, you just kind of find an areas where they concentrated for the spawn. And um, when you do that, you can catch some pretty good fish down there. I was surprised the size, mostly black crappie, no, no really white crappie like we have up on the river or, say, in central Mississippi or Louisiana. But it was an easy, easy uh, trip, and uh, it's fun to do. Yep, and uh, you'll see an upcoming episode of that on Bayou Wild TV and pick up some tips. If you're having problem finding crappie, which a lot of people do, uh, hopefully that will help you do it. Jeff, as far as tournaments, I-, I got word that the Carnarvon Bass Trail is signing up people this morning. They're fishing their second uh, stop today, and they're going to have their way in at 3.30, and we'll be getting the results on that. What else do you have on the uh, bass tournament calendar? Uh, Bass Assassins, March 5th at Lock 1, uh, Safe Light to Noon. Lunkers and Liars, March 26th, uh, East Pearl Launch. That's $50 per event. And I'm sure there's dozens more around the area. You just need to talk to your buddies and get out and try to win one. That East Pearl ought to be getting about right by then if we don't have any more heavy rains. Yeah, I looked at the gauge, and this weekend it's around 16 feet, but it's got one of those really hard, hard falls. Uh, And say we didn't get a lot of rain up in Jackson. Uh, yesterday, probably by middle of next week, it'll be around 10 feet. Sometimes when they have those hard falls, that's the time to be there because the water's really pulling out of those drains, and you you can really catch them if you get on the right point. Well, really enjoyed fishing with you, as always, whenever we get together, and thanks for the report, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Anytime you want to feed me crappie chowder, I'm ready to go crappie <laughs> you got to talk to Miss Janelle Foltz about that. Boy, what a great hot dish that was early in the morning. See you later, Jeff. Thanks for the report again. We appreciate it. All right, coming back after this, going to talk about some of the goings-on at this week's Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting as I posted on my Facebook page. Wow, I felt like throwing those commissioners a life jacket. Felt like they needed it. We'll talk speckled trout and wild turkey. That was what I came away with as the highlights right after this time out on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, this week the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries held their commission meeting. I was in attendance uh, via Zoom, which makes it pretty easy. A lot of issues, a lot of ground covered. Uh, One of the issues that has been on everyone's mind is the speckled trout regulations changes. Uh, If you have been listening along and following along, you know that after four years, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries biologists, I got the okay from the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries commissioners to go to the legislature and recommend a 13-and-a-half-inch minimum size, 15 fish per person catch. And uh, when they got there, it was soundly rejected by the politicians. They said it was unacceptable due to a lack of sufficient data. At this week's commission meeting, uh, biologist Jason Andriance argued that there was plenty of data, and I agree with him, four years of surveys. Uh, harvest data, creel surveys, uh, back and forth. Uh, I, I don't know if you, how you could get more data. Anyway, he came up with a substitute amendment that he offered to the commissioners. And right after this 10-second pause, I'll tell you what that was and what they did with it. But first, we let our local stations identify themselves along the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Well, Jason Andrians, the biologist for the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, who has been spearheading the changes in speckled trout regulations to help restore a decimated population. The goal is to reduce the catch annually by 20%, and over a five-year period, they would be hopefully restored. 
Well, the, after being rejected, he offered them this opportunity, and you probably will never hear about it because they decided not to accept it. But he also offered a program where it would be a slot limit, similar to what we have on redfish. But it would be a 12-inch minimum, 19-inch maximum, and you can keep one of your speckled trout over the limit. That would allow a total bag of 15 per person per day. So it would satisfy the people who wanted to keep the 12-inch and go with 15, but it would also allow people to keep 14, 15, all the way up into 19-inch. The questions that came up were, well, maybe that won't allow enough keeping of a trophy trout if you can only keep one over 19 inches. Uh, They asked the Richard Fisher, the director of the Charter Boat Association, he said he'd like some time to poll his organization to get an opinion from them. Well, and what they ended up doing was basically rejecting that, and what they did do was they voted to form an advisory committee consisting of user groups, commission members, elected officials, and they're going to meet and get their heads together and examine, re-examine all the data, all the public input, and come up with another solution. Um, My advice would have been to... Adopt that amendment. Submit the 12 to 19-inch slot with one over to the public, and if approved, then to the legislature. And probably by July at the earliest, they could have actually implemented that. And that will work, according to the biologists. That will solve the speckled trout problem. But they decided not to do that and went in favor of this advisory committee. Now, I don't see why they couldn't have done both. Uh, That way, if... The public likes it and the politicians liked it. We'd have a workable limit, a a new regulation in place that would restore the speckled trout population in five years. If not, well, then they can still go forward with their advisory committee. But right now, it's back to square one, and I don't see anything changing at the very earliest, sometime in 2024, depending on how many times this advisory committee meets and what action they take. So we will keep you posted on the speckled trout issue. On the turkey side, while you were sleeping, you, if you're a turkey hunter in Louisiana, next season, the 2024 season that has been adopted, you will lose five days of prime gobbling season. You know the turkey season has been moved back. We start later than Mississippi or Alabama, and our birds start gobbling earlier than either of those two states, especially in the southern part of the state. They voted to adopt the recommendation from biologist Cody Setatal to begin next year's season on April 6th. Uh, They could have went with March 31st. This year it opens April 1st, one-day difference from year to year. But instead of staying with the status quo and keeping it then, they moved it back and will open till April 6th in all three zones. Again, five more days of probably prime gobbling time moved back. Um, I don't know. I'm very disappointed in that. I'm very frustrated with the management program. Uh, my solution on get, I don't think they've got a handle at all on the turkey population and the data. And my recommendation to them was to implement a program similar to what Alabama has. They call it AVID. And what they do is the turkey hunter survey they have uh, collects turkey activity and population. They, they pick hunters. They've got thousands of turkey hunters across the state who voluntarily participate. They're issued just forms that ask gobbling activity, poult, the rate, or what they see each time. 
And based on all of this data that comes in from thousands of people across the state, they've got a better handle on what they should do with their regulations and their bag limits. It costs virtually nothing but time and computer airtime, which is nothing. They provide the volunteers with record sheets that make it easy to document the hunting experience. And at the end of the season, they submit it all electronically to them. It comes in on computer via the Internet, on email, and they can get tons and tons of free collectible data. And yet in Louisiana, we have one man heads up the turkey program. I've never been given a turkey save survey on preferences. I don't know if everyone's been sent out. Uh, I know there's been some questions about the documentation and the data, and uh, I think basically the turkey program in Louisiana is in a shambles, and something needs to be done to turn that around. Anyway, when we come back after this, I'm going to get to some of your text messages. We love to hear from you. 504-260-1870. That's it. Comments, questions. What do you think about this 12 to 19-inch speckled trout limit where you can keep one over the slot? Would you have been in favor of that had you had a chance to implement it? We'll be back to hear from you right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, checking our text message board, we have Justin in the Gentilly Refuge. He says the animals are active, and he also suggests to check out the video from a fisherman on a boat in the Gulf south of Venice, surrounded by sharks in a feeding frenzy. I've never seen anything like that, and a lot of other people have not either. Uh, All you got to do is say shark or video on shark, and it makes the news. It's been on CBS. It's been on Fox. It's been on CNN uh, all over, and uh, it it is – uh, quite uh, astonishing to watch that. I've seen tuna and redfish and lots of other jacks, other schools, big fish get into a feeding frenzy. I've never personally witnessed a shark feeding frenzy, but i got to tell you, there was a lot of white water there, and I would not want to fall overboard for fear of uh, those sharks, even though they didn't want to hit a human. Uh, when they get feeding like that, any piece of meat in the water is going to be bitten. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure you can find it on Google. All right, we got this one from my friend Ed in Wilmer, Alabama. The Mobile Boat Show's on, and as far as he knows, no change on the rivers in the Mobile Delta. Looks like they got more water coming down. And I uh, got this question, Don, have you heard anything about the Air Products Carbon Capture Scam CO2 pipeline they're trying to put below Lake Pontchartrain? It's terrible opposition meetings to take place. Well, yes, I've been uh, very involved in this. I've done a couple of radio shows on it. Uh, I'm not convinced it's a good thing. And, by the way, it's Lake Morapa they want to put this in. I can't see how it could be anything good for the environment, only detrimental. Uh, they got a long way to go to prove to me that this thing is hazard-free. Uh, there's a lot of money involved for air products. There's a lot of money involved for the, uh, some parts of Louisiana. I don't see where it's going to bring in a tremendous amount of jobs. The risk to the environment is uh, very, very severe and, again, I would not be convinced and be in favor of this. But there's an old saying, uh, sometimes politics is, and economics is put before science, and this may be a case of it. If you want to find out more about it, I'm sure there's a lot of it online. Uh, it's Air Products, a company uh, getting a big grant from the government. It's all part of the green energy program. Uh, we got a request to check in with Captain Mike and find out about bass fishing. I will do that. And we got the backstrap stacker checking in from Mobile. A little cooler morning. He's headed to camp to scout turkey for next weekend's youth season. See, Alabama's youth season already 
next weekend. Uh, ours is not till the 25th. Uh, turkey season should be just opening earlier. And here's one that says, I'm on my way to work at the Wyklosky Bridge, past 30 boats heading down the road. Yeah, this weather's got them out. I hope they're not disappointed. Uh, you know, you got to keep your expectations low. It's early March. It's still a tough time, but just a beautiful day to be out there. So if you don't fill the ice chest, don't be disappointed. It's a great day to be out on the water. And we got a Louisiana Truck Drivers Championship in Baton Rouge, and the worm is headed there. <clears throat> we have a... Uh, Ohio listeners said they saw a pair of robins, so they know spring is coming. It uh, shouldn't take living in Ohio to appreciate the wonders of Louisiana. But it's beautiful up there, too. I'm sure it is. Here's one says, uh, Don, I'm an early bird going fishing today. Sometimes I'm a late bird. We've been talking about the trout thing. Work offshore. I need to know what the rules are when I get a day to go fishing. And, damn it, I'm going fishing today. <laughs> Love your show. Yep, on speckled trout, it's still... The old standby, 12-inch minimum, 25 fish per person, except out west where there's a different regulation if you're fishing out in the big lake area. Uh, here's one that said it's sad there's no action on the spec limits because the population will languish while they argue what's best to maintain it. Do something more than nothing, folks. Well, there you go. Good recommendation coming from the public. All right, I want to take a minute to tell you about some of our upcoming on-the-road shows in two weeks. On Saturday, March 18th, we'll be at Marsh and Bayou Outfitters Spring Fling. They're having a big celebration. They're expanding the store down there in Mandeville on Highway 190, also known as Florida Street. I'll be there from 5 to 7 doing the show, and I'll hang around a little bit later on. They're going to have discounts on lots of product, free prizes, I'm going to have some special prizes of my own to throw in. There will be some fishing seminars from Mr. Green, Chaz Champagne of the Matrix uh, Fishing Baits, uh, Chef Philippe with the Can't Beat Him, Eat Him. He's going to have a book signing there. You can come by and meet him and pick up a copy of the book. And we love to meet our listeners, so hope you can come by. Martian Bayou in Mandeville on Florida Street, Saturday, March 18th. It will be going on all day. And, yes, we will be opening early, coffee and donuts starting at 5. And then the following week, I'll be at Scott's Marine, Highway 98 in Alberta, Alabama. My buddy Lucio Orfanello has invited me to come over there for his uh, big sale that he's gone on. He's got uh, pontoon boats, uh, tracker aluminum fishing boats, nitro boats, Mako. He's got a full line, plus off-road side-by-sides, four-wheelers, great deals on all of those. He's got an open house that actually starts earlier that week. He'll be open from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, all the way Wednesday through March the 25th. Free food, door prizes. Uh, again, I'll be there from 5 to 7 and hanging around a little bit later on. I want to give all you Alabama listeners a chance. Come on by. Put it on your calendar and make it a point to come by and see me. And that's going to be at uh, U.S. Highway 98 in Alberta, Alabama. And that is going to be Saturday, March 25th. All right, so there we go. That's some on-the-road shows. Love to do them. We're here at St. Hubert's Cathedral this morning, and right after this break, we're going to be back to talk to Captain Darrell Carpenter, find out if spring has sprung down on Grand Isle. His report's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we check in with Captain Darrell Carpenter, operator of RealScreamers.com, back on the water again. Darrell, if somebody's coming down your way and wants to catch a few fish, what do they need to know? Well, number one, Don, I wouldn't be in any big hurry. Um, the wind's calming down a lot from that from that northerner that blew real hard, uh, but it's still blowing pretty good. It's supposed to lay down today, 
and of course it hit uh, it hit on a good high tide or a good you know large tide cycle. So right now the water is low, low, low. Um, but it, man, it looks like it's going to shape up to be a couple of days uh, of really good, really good fishing. The um, the trout are on the move. I mean, they're on the way. They obviously survived the winter that we didn't have, and uh, they. I mean, it's obvious already that you catch a good weather day and you start hearing reports and we've got people that are here and there that are catching limits, limits of nice fish up in the marsh. But then you get you a little bit of a wind blowing and, you know, you can't necessarily work those spots the same way because they dirty up. And, and then it's a little bit more of a, of a struggle and you got to hunt around and look for them. But the fish are on the move. They're, they're, they're in different spots every day. But it looks like it's fixing to shape up to be one heck of a spring as long as we don't get any surprise freezes or cold fronts, you know, to kind of slow them down. But then if so, they'll be like crawfish. You just, you know, you're going to slow them down for a few days, but they'll be back. Um, the secret, or I guess the, the best kept secret of all of it, you're only getting about two days a week you can do it. But, man, the offshore action has picked up in the last week or so. Between the wahoo and the tuna, it has just gone ballistic offshore. Yeah, I have seen that, and that is some good news. Uh, it's been a little bit down the last couple of years, but, boy, it's rebounding really well. Darrell, um, Grand Isle, Cocodry area, not noted for a lot of big trout, but always noted for quantity of trout. This 12- to 19-inch slot with one over the slot size that was proposed uh, that the commission decided not to go forward with, do you think that would have set well with the fishermen in your area? No, I don't, I don't think it would have at all, Don. Um, I mean, it's... I mean, you think think about, you know, think about your marinas on Grand Isle. Come June, July, their number one bait to sell is that croaker. Um, you know, it would have just gutted them completely. And, look, I, I was at the commission meeting, and I was there for the after conversations and so forth. And basically, you know, what we were told at that point is, is look, we're, we're just – you know, we're, we're going back to our old opinion survey and we're throwing things against the wall to see what sticks, to see what sells best with, with the constituent. And, um, and I don't think that one stuck very well to the wall even. No, but, you know, I think it would have been worthwhile to throw out there and get some comment on it and, and, and keep the, the, the stick in the fire because right now it's back to square one. I mean, I don't know. Those guys seem to be so frustrated. They, they thought they had something workable went forward and the legislature just slammed the door in their face and then the biologist goes up with an alternative recommendation the commission shoots him down and now they're forming an advisory committee i don't see anything changing on this at the earliest 2024 uh the the desire there again i was there for a lot of the after conversations thursday the desire is to have something ready to go they they talk extensively about the timeline even if it's just something as an as a as an example or as, or as a uh, uh, an experiment, their desire is to have something in place in this timeline by about August. So for this fall, their desire is to have something in place. So uh, I think they're planning on meeting this week with that little committee that they're putting together. Uh, they're trying to move fast and have have some kind of an idea for something for next commission meeting. You know, uh, I don't I didn't get his name, but one of the a fisherman that commented came up with a suggestion that, you know, this is kind of a, a shock thing to fishermen to make these big sweeping changes like that and maybe a graduated change over the, the years. As time goes on, you continue to, to cut it back and, and, as the, and, and then monitor the population as it goes and kind of, a, uh, you know, 
you know, I want to say fly by the seat of your pants, but it's basically making changes as you see them necessary as it goes on where it wouldn't just be a hard and fast regulation that, that took a world of, uh, you know, paperwork and time to get a change. You know, there's just so much red tape involved in going through government bureaucracy to, to make any changes. Yes, that was uh, that was Travis Miller out of the Cocodry area. Um and, you know, that seemed to stick a lot. Uh, the commissioners seemed to, their eyebrows picked up and, and so forth. And, you know, if you if you look back, think back to what, like they did in the spillway, you know, that was one of the things we talked about afterwards. The Atchafalaya spillway, when they put the Florida strain in, they went from, what, 12 inches to 14 inches. And for two years, you couldn't catch a keeper bass. You know, so that, that kind of stuck with them because they're like, well, if we, if we, let's say we end up at 14-inch fish, but if we do it, two-year increments go to 13 and then 14 that gives those juvenile fish a chance to grow into that gap to where and an example used in one conversation was your people that really don't know a whole lot of uh of the fine points about fishing and do nothing but chase birds all summer you know now you're we, not, gotta, you're we gotta up wrap the, it up here we're out of time and uh, we'll continue this conversation i'm sure next week thanks for the update and, and the good conversation it's daryl carpenter we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to be joined by robbie bowers of bayou outdoors about taking youngsters hunting back with that on the outdoors with don dubuque radio network 